69 offense. He was giving them the business. I like Pittsburgh. I always have. If, if they had a bigger airport, I'd live here. <laughs> and that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Hello and welcome to our second weekly episode of the Backyard Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hosshalter. I'm Nathan Grillo. And today we have another very special guest star, um, Charleroi's very own Payne Trollinger. Not Trollinger, guys. Trollinger. <laughs> Hello. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you can hear him on the line there. Um, we're going to talk some Charleroi football today. but. Mm-hmm. First, um, I think Nathan wants to go into a little bit of detail about what kind of things we are looking at um, for the next coming week in the podcast. Yeah, so um, if you haven't listened to our uh, podcast with Quentin Mapstone yet, go make sure to go check that out. But don't leave this one because we need that uh, um, analytics. <laughs> it doesn't look good when you're leaving <laughs> podcasts, but... Yeah, go check that out after this is done. Uh, it's a really good interview. We talked to him for around 40 minutes or so, so it's a little bit of a quick one. Uh, and, yeah, it was a, just a fun time. Uh, next week, uh, we'll talk about this more on the podcast after this, but we'll have Isaiah Edwards, uh, former linebacker from Wash High and now um, going to Wheeling University next year. Uh, we'll have Braden Boggs, who's the quarterback at Frazier. We'll talk to him about, you know, maybe their – resurgence in 2020 and then tyler godwin who's a observer reporter reporter uh, and we'll talk to him a little bit as well so a lot of good guests coming on next week but this week we got peyton trollinger so let's get into that i'm super excited (laughs) i'm really excited actually (laughs) i'm awesome i always do interviews i never get interviewed so this is this is definitely a change (laughs) well I'm going to start out with some personal questions since um, I know a lot of our audience is not all that familiar with you. So um, first of all, just discuss a little bit of your history as a football reporter, uh, where you're from, how you came into contact with Billy and um, how many years you've been a part of PA football news. So um, not even a lot of my own friends know this, but I was actually born in South Haven, Mississippi. Um, I was there until I was about three. Then I moved up here in the Mon Valley. Uh, this is actually my first season as a reporter. This was an internship, uh, thank, thanks to Billy. Um, so how I actually uh, got in contact with him was pretty, pretty cool. So I was doing a public address announcing for the Midget League in Charleroi and also the boys and girls soccer teams at Charleroi. And I wanted to make a Twitter page for that because I didn't want to use my personal account. So I did that. And in the bio, I'm pretty sure it said something like covering all Charleroi sports or something like that. So Billy finds my page in about May of 2019 last year. And he was like, uh, he DM me. He said, you know, like, what does this mean exactly? Uh, you know, we're always looking for writers because, you know, we don't have anyone in the Shallery region. I was like, and he was like, like, would you want to do this? I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that a question? <laughs> uh, so, you know, we got all set up with that. It was a really, really 
awesome opportunity. I got to meet a lot of uh, really cool people. Uh, like I said, it was internship, so I got a lot of experience. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a great time, actually. <laughs> yeah, Billy's very good at that. He His influence is, is wide. Yeah, yeah. And um, just out of curiosity, are there any other um, calm projects you're involved in besides Pennsylvania football news? So, uh, I mean, so I go to Cal U, uh, California University of Pennsylvania. So what I do there is I'm involved in the uh, TV and radio station down there. So the CU TV and WCAL. So usually I'm a cameraman, but I'm working up to be a play-by-play broadcaster. I have my own uh, radio show for uh, WCAL. So working on uh, getting some more experience there. Uh, yeah, so th- those are about the only other uh, projects that I'm with, with communication-wise. So. Well, that's, I mean, that sounds like you've got a lot of experience. Uh, we're certainly lucky to have you at PA Football News. Thank you, thank you. So um, I know this is something that Nathan and I had to sort of work, work on for several years to kind of get our system down. Um, especially since you're, you usually work by yourself at games, right? Games yes. you're covering. Yes. So what is your process for reporting on a game when you're just there by yourself? Okay. So what I even do before I even get to the game is I'll get a sheet of paper. I'll write who's playing and like at the top, put the date. Uh, then the first line I'll put coin toss, skip a space and then put first and 10. I'll get to that later. So when I actually get to the field, I'll go to each coach and I'll ask for like a minute less interview. Now, obviously, I, I know who the coach is for Schaller. It was Lance Getze. But <laughs> we'll use the example of Carmichael's because uh, Chase Johnston, <laughs> I'm pretty good friends with him. And he was the coach over at Carmichael's. So I got to interview him. That was, that was a pretty uh, cool experience. So like I said, just a short little pregame interview. Uh, and then I'll go to the officials, ask who won the coin toss. So for example, they'll say, you know, Carmichael's won the toss. They defer to the second half. Shari gets the ball. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tweet that out and I'll write that under the coin toss. So right under that space, the, where I skip the space, I'll put like Cougars in all caps. And then on the side, I'll put where the ball was at. And then first and 10. So Conrad, Alex Conrad, the quarterback, he's number 16. Say he passes first down to Legend Davis, which is number 27. I'll put 16, put a little arrow, number 27. If it's caught, check mark, and then plus however many yards he gained. If it's not, if it's incomplete, I'll just put a little X. Uh, If it's a run, Braden Mahalson was number 15. So I'll do run, number 15, plus six yards, and then skip a space and go like second four and just keep doing that. So, yeah, it took me it took me a while throughout the season to kind of get my uh, system down. I figured out that it takes me about four sheets of paper for an entire game, front and back. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, I figured that out throughout the season. I'm glad I did, and I'm glad I had the opportunity to figure that out. It was Like I said, it was a really fun experience. Yeah, that's an interesting process because, you know, when me and Nick started doing this together, we kind of like split up those, you know, responsibilities. Like, you know, you got to, you know, keep score for your article, but you also have to, um, 
you also have to tweet out scores. So it's really difficult to like, you know, get the pen out, get the notepad out, write stuff down fast and then tweet stuff. And so we, we found it really easy to split up that up, that up. But most reporters, you know, they're probably going more your style. Yeah. Like what, what I actually forgot about the tweeting thing. Like that, that was also a challenge. Cause I, I took my own pictures. I also took my, own, I also did my own tweets and let me tell you what, that was interesting. So it, it would be like, they would score. I would have to write it down real quick, tweet it out, be like, uh, Conrad completes a pass to Davis in the end zone, Cougar touchdown, score is this, Caruso with the extra point, tweet that out real quick while they're getting set up for uh, um, the kickoff, and then have to write it down in my notes. And then, yeah, it was it was, it was hectic. It definitely was stressful that part. Yeah, that's a that's a lot to handle for sure. But oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, um, getting back into a uh, bit of a more personal question. Um. So you you've had a lot of experience. It sounds like at Cal U and a lot of experience running crazy on the sidelines, doing all this stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. So with all that experience, um, what do you plan on doing in the future as a reporter broadcaster? So my absolute dream job, announcer for the NHL. That's my absolute dream job. I mean, I could do the, I would be a play-by-play announcer for the NFL as well, but the NHL is definitely like the top dream. Uh, I would also like, to you know be a broadcaster so like a personality uh radio or tv or maybe like a team journalist or something like that because you know i remember i was in high school i didn't even think this was even a profession i didn't even think you can get into this i'm not athletically inclined enough to play sports so this is the next best thing is to report on them yeah i think nathan and i both uh can find some common ground in that statement for sure <laughs> Yeah, me and you got to talk um, some more about some hockey, man. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll I'll talk hockey all day. <laughs> so I <All> right. uh, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, now I think we're gonna move into some questions about Charlotte Rice 2019 season. Um, so, you know, I think overall, from Nathan and I's perspective, you guys had a pretty good year. You know, had you mentioned Legend Davis. He was certainly a standout player for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your overall assessment? I mean, you really got to be with that team all the time, got to cover them. You know, you would know better than anybody. What was the season like for the 2019 Charlotte Cougars? So uh, I do believe it was definitely a positive that without question, definitely positive. Uh, obviously, they didn't get the result they wanted. They didn't do too well in the playoffs. And whenever that game actually happened, I, you know, obviously I was there. It was at Freedom. I was kind of like I was not dis- like was disappointed the right word because I know that's not the team I've watched all season. And there was just like the, the Cougars just made way too many mistakes that game. And it just it was not it wasn't a good look, and that's why they ended up losing. It was a low scoring game, really close. They only lost by a touchdown. 
So, like I said, they just made too many mistakes at the end. But overall, I do believe they had a really good season. And most importantly, it was important that they had a good season because of the talent drop-off. You know, they lost 1,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard rusher, 1,000-yard receiver all in one year. So this was important for them to have a good season because not only did they prove to all the other teams in the conference that they can keep up, and keep wanting to get that title, but they also proved to themselves that, hey, you know, we lost all these players, but we still have really good depth, and we can still compete. So, like I said, it was really important for them to have that good season, and overall, I think they did, they accomplished it. So, Yeah, I think that's very indicative that you said, you know, it didn't look like the same team that was playing against Freedom, you know? And I think that does point yeah. towards the good season, you know, the fact you can lose to a pretty respectable team by seven points and say, you know, that wasn't us. We should have, we should have been out there, you know, pouring on the points. And I believe you know, that, yeah. that's a lot for sure. I believe that matchup was an eight, that was, nine. That, that really was a good game. Yeah. Yeah. So Charleroi, they ended up getting the lower seeding in that game. Freedom just got one above it. I don't. It wasn't an eight nine because I I for, I didn't know the whole seeding thing, but I just know they were really close in the uh, placing in the two A uh, Whippeal playoffs. So I think um, one of the things that really propelled you guys that I mentioned earlier um, was the 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 pure athletic talent of Legend Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Yes, so <laughs> now that now that he's moving to college, um, he's going to Clarion. Is yes. that right? So, um, how, how, what are your predictions for him at Clarion? You know, do you think he's up to the task playing college ball? Most certainly. That's <laughs> yes. You know, I've watched this kid grow up and play football. He's a year younger than me. Obviously, we went to the same school. I've watched him throughout the years. He's an excellent player. Um, you know, he has determination. He's a love for the game, passion for the game at that. Great attitude. He's highly skilled. He's just, he's a really nice player and a really nice person. And like I said, he just got that determination to always be better, always get better, and to never quit on a play. Uh, like I said, he's definitely going to make that transition. And you know, Clarion's going to need him to make that transition because the PSAC, which is what Clarion is in, they're not always the best when it comes to football. I'm pretty sure they're always, they usually finish not so good because, you know, no, no bias tree, but the PSAC usually is run by like the PSAC West is usually run by Cal U, IUP and Slippery Rock. So it's a very top heavy conference. So, you know, Clarion's definitely going to need Legend to be the great player he was in high school. And I think he will be. Hi, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, uh, just wondering, like, Legend Davis has played, you know, his entire career against 2A competition. Do you think that'll factor into his play at all at Clarion? You know, it's it's definitely a step up for him because, you know, 2A is where you kind of enter that, it's like the bottom level of the upper echelon of high school football, kind of. Like, 1A is just yeah. kind of like, you, it's hit and miss at 1A, but then the talent starts to increase a little bit in 2A. So, do you think, you know, he'll be playing probably more against, you know, higher A 
players, do you think that'll more affect him? Or do you think that his talent is sufficient enough to play at that level? So, you know, like I said with Legend, you know, he he has that determination. Like I said, he just wants to get better all the time. And, you know, maybe maybe not right now he's not ready. But like I said, over the offseason, you know, he's going to keep that determination. He's going to keep it up. He's going to keep, you know, trying to get better. He, he wants to learn. That's what Legend, he, you know, he's a team player team first type of mindset so whatever the coaches say at clarion for him to do and work on best believe he will do that and like i said you know he's going he's going to get better and i honestly i can't wait for it to happen i can't wait for him to just be a beast i just have one more question i know we've been talking about legend davis a lot but i guess he's worth talking about um so is there is there any player maybe um, that would be more well-known to our audience, perhaps at the college or professional level, whose game you think is reflected in Legend Davis? Um, I'm not going you know, to say he's as talented as them. Um, you know, maybe he will be someday, but you know, what, how does his style of play get reflected on, a, on the field? I'm not – I've got to be honest. I'm not sure because I – I'm not like sure with like names and like the especially in the PSAC. I'm just starting to get. I'm just starting to get to know the format of the PSAC because you know I'm only a freshman. But I, like I said, I don't know a whole bunch of names. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't even answer. I'm sorry, I can't. I don't know any names. You know, it wasn't in the script. That is just something I I, I just thought of now. So I don't. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's totally. Yeah, I, I I promise you. Like I. I really don't know. I can't. And, you know, with legend, I will say, I'll give, I'll give you something, but uh legend, you know, he's, he's a type of player that he, he is his own player. You know, he fits his own mold. He doesn't conform. He's a leader. So he doesn't, like I said, he doesn't conform to like a certain, like, I don't know how to say this. Like uh, I'm basically trying to say he's a leader and he'll, make his own way by the tactics his coaches give him. So that's what I'm, if that makes sense, that's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Absolutely. For sure. All right. And just uh, transitioning now into 2020, um, the Cougars, you know, they're losing legend Davis and they're losing Alex, Alex Conrad at quarterback. Um, you look at their roster and what they're losing from last year. It's it's very strange. They're losing just about every single starter at skill position, but they're bringing back just about every player that's not at a skill position right now. Um, do you think they'll be able to make up for those losses in the offseason going into next year? Because we know Wash High lost just about every player on their team. Uh, McGuffey lost their quarterback and their star wide receiver and a, a lot of skill position players too. Do you think this could be a key offseason for Charleroi to try to replace those guys? Yeah, so um, like I said, you know, you, you refer to it as they lost a lot of skill and they're bringing back a lot of non-skill. So, you know, Charleroi over the years, you know, they've had a, they've had a good line, a good offensive-defensive line. But this year, especially, they're gonna have they're gonna have a good line. You know, they have uh, Lorenzo Axton, which he's like a beast. He's like I I don't even know his specs, but this kid this kid is huge, 
and he's really good at the game of football. He can play both sides of the ball. Same with Dylan Edwards. Uh, you know, they, they're both going to be seniors next year. And like I said, Dylan and Lorenzo can play both sides of the ball, and that's going to be crucial for Charleroi to uh, to need. And it's not even just those two. Those are just the highlights of the offense and defensive line. They have other players that can definitely fill the job too. So in regards to skill positions, who's going to like, you know, replace those skill positions. So, you know, they have Brennan Harps as they had him as the backup quarterback to uh, Alex last year. And he, play, he got to play a little bit. I didn't get to see him pass a whole lot. He usually just uh, ran the ball, but I think that he can develop pretty good. Uh, if he keeps working at it, uh, they're going to have Glenn Porter as wide receiver. He's a good all-around player, play both sides of the ball. I've seen him catch. He's he's a pretty good prospect for Shalari. And uh, last but not least, you got Nico Pellegrini at running back. And if we know anything when it comes to the Pellegrinis and Shalari, it's like a natural athletic bloodline. So, you know, you had Gino, 1,000-yard passer. You had Dominic Pellegrini, uh, amazing middle linebacker. Then you have his little brother, Nico. He's going to be a good running back. I can almost see him playing like Braden Mahalson last year because, you know, Nico is not afraid to play the game of football. He's not afraid to go up in the middle and snack someone. So, you know, there's still, there's still some hope for Shaw. Definitely. All right. And just transitioning from that now, um, you know, we've seen a lot of improvement from some of the lower end teams this off season. Uh, like Frazier looks to be, you know, one of those dark horse teams to win the interstate. Wash high is going to have a big talent drop off. Um, McGuffey could be in a similar situation to Charleroi right now. Uh, do you see Charleroi kind of as a team to be the dark horse kind of to win the conference? Because uh, right now it's kind of up in the air. There's not really a favorite. So, you know, Charleroi is losing talent, yes. Can they still win the interstate? Most definitely. You know, the key the key for Charleroi is they need to, you know, focus and they got to have that commitment to get better. And I do, I really do think they, they're going to have a chance to win the interstate. You know, like you were saying, you know, Wash I, they're still losing talent, but I mean, they're still going to be tough regardless. Same with McGuffey, you know, they're losing talent. They're still going to be tough, but, and also Schaller is also losing talent. But like I said, you know, Schaller, I've seen this team in action. If they can focus and they got that commitment to get better, they will most certainly have a chance to win the interstate. All right, and then, um, you know, transitioning now into their schedule. Um, you know, when the schedules first came out a couple of weeks ago, Charleroi and, and really any team in the interstate was kind of odd because they only had eight games and they had two to fill. Last year, they didn't fill one of those games and they only played nine. Um, recently, they announced Albert Gallatin will play the second-to-last game of the year. That'll be a road game for them. Uh, do you see them filling that 10th game at the beginning of the year or just waiting out for a bye week? So do, do I see Shalari filling that last yeah. that last schedule and keeping eight games? So I was looking at the schedules that uh, I think his name is Chris Harlan tweeted out on yeah. the Twitter. This was a little bit ago. And as to that schedule, I don't I didn't see an open spot that Shalari could even fill the schedule with i might be acting ignorant but you know 
off well, of that schedule. That was what I what I saw. Yeah, the problem was that was just for like the Whippeal schedule, so it only had like two out of conference okay. games. So basically, what the interstate looks like now is that two teams moved out of it. So Brownsville moved up, yeah. and Carmichael's moved down, and only one team filled the spot. So any team in the interstate, yeah, Waynesburg, yeah. So any team in the interstate right now is gonna have an extra, an extra um, out of conference game. So you guys filled mm-hmm. that game with Albert Gallatin last week. So Albert Gallatin is gonna be oh. that second to last game. But you still I honestly have, didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah. So right now you guys have nine games scheduled, which you did last year. But most teams usually play ten a year, so you're still missing that opening week game. Um, I was just wondering if you yeah. knew anything about that. No, I, I can't tell you anything about that. Um, I I don't know. I don't think they. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know anything about it. I, I didn't even. I I feel really ignorant. Actually, I feel really unprepared. I didn't know about that. But uh. You know, like I said, I don't know anything about that. I just have this one schedule that Shalray has, according to Chris Harlan. <laughs> All right. That was January 30th. I feel really bad now. <laughs> All right. And just looking at the schedule right now, you guys open up with a road game against Carmichael's. You know, they had, you know, a kind of a mediocre to surprising year last year. They had a couple wins that weren't expected. You guys have a home game against Manesson that doesn't sound too difficult out of conference. And then again, that Albert Gallatin game out of conference as well. Um, just looking overall at the schedule, is there any games that kind of stand out to you? I know for me, uh, that Frazier game at the end of the year could possibly be for the conference. Uh, that was a really interesting scheduling choice to put that at the end of the year. Um, I don't know. What do you think? So um, a game, there's a couple games. There's a, there's actually a few games that I am going to highlight. So what, the, the, the most important one, and Shalroy has got to be blessed with this. They get wash high in week, like later in the week, later in the season. That is so key because over these past few seasons, wash high has always been like week one. And there's a little there's a little bit of a rivalry with Shalari and Washai because I mean we all know Shalari broke Washai's 39 game win regular season win streak since like 2013 that was uh, a couple years ago and then Washai absolutely whooped on Shalari last year at home and just the key that not only is Shalari home but also they play them very late in the season. That's going to be a huge game, especially for Shalaroy. So that that'll that'll be a good game to watch. Uh, McGuffey at home, playing McGuffey at home will be definitely good. Uh, so I'm I'm excited for that one as well. So, uh, another one that not a lot of people, and then this is like a little like kind of out there, but Beth Center, I, I do believe Beth Center could be a good game. Now, why? You might you might think I'm crazy, but here's the thing: best center's at home. We all know what best center's field is, right? It's like grass, not good field conditions at all. It's not hate towards them; it's just how it is. They got a new score. Best center though. has always played. Did they? I didn't see that. Um, you know, best center's always. I don't care how bad they've been; they've always played Shalari so hard, and I don't know what it is, but Shalari can't 
particularly win at best center. It's not, it's not in the omens. So, you know, last year, Schaller played him at home, killed him. This year it's at best center. So, you know, there, there might, that might be a good game. We'll see. And considering, you know, Schaller lost some talent that, like I said, it could be, it could be close. All right, and just, you know, looking at the schedule as it is, do you have any just overarching predictions for how the season will go? You know, any any kind of sneaky upsets? I know you mentioned Beth Center, but um, even looking, you know, at specific players, do you think w- one player would shine against one team or another team just based on what you know about them? So according to the schedule, because you mentioned Albert Gallatin now, so I'm not – too sure about Albert Gallatin. I'm not sure how good they are, but before I knew they were added, I chose the record of seven and one for Shalori with a loss to McGuffey. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I said that the, yeah, the best center in Washai games, they're definitely going to be some close matchups. I, I, especially the Washai game. I think that's going to be a close game. I think that seems pretty realistic too. Even going eight and one with Albert Gallatin. I mean, I know Albert. We're going to talk to Coach Drew Dindle um, in a couple weeks here, um, but I know Albert Gallatin left the Whippeal so they could win more games, and that ended up working for them because uh, they got I think two, two or four last year uh, playing against like uh, District Six, One A, and Two A teams. Uh, and that ended up working out for him. I give him props for going independent. That's something a team like Uniontown or Laurel Highlands couldn't do. Um, but I know that game might be a little interesting, just depending on where Albert Gallatin is in their season, because um, you know yeah. they they definitely have an interesting and varied you know roster of games they play uh, with varying skill sets. So they definitely will have an experienced you know experience against good teams and bad teams going into that game. Yeah, and also so Schaller has never actually played Albert Gallatin, so that that could be in obviously there's film, but it's just never happened. Like that these two teams never have played, so I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I I'll, I'll go with 8 and 1. I I'm still going to get it with 8 and 1. All right. Uh and that'll transition yeah. us here. Oh, Nick, you have any more questions? Oh, I was just going to say, because, um, you know, just talking about the the unpredictable nature of high school football. And I think, you know, you mentioned the field conditions at Beth Center. You know, that's something that can have more of an effect than people realize, you know. Um, yes. And, you know, you get out there, maybe it's a rainy day and, you know, people are slipping around a little bit. You know, depending on your style of play, if you've got the home – crowd on your side you know some of those smaller teams can really make a big difference especially if you're some used to playing on nice turf and i think you know charlotte has a pretty nice feel is that is that that right yes (laughs) most definitely yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to watch you know and honestly like i wouldn't even be totally shocked if you know something crazy happens at beth center and you know you guys lose but then you're able to pull out a win at wash high you know, because that's just how high school football goes. Exactly. So. And like I was saying, you know, Best Center's always played Shalari hard. The last time they played at Best Center, I was a senior. It was uh, 2018. Oh, my gosh. We lost – Shalari lost by one one point. I think it was like 28-27. That was the final score. 
And wow, it was like a really good game. It was really intense, tight right down to the final final horn. But you know, they, they ended up losing. They got on they got on the short end of the stick. It wasn't pretty, but you know, like I said, it's definitely a game to watch because there could be an upset. All right, Nathan, sorry to me to cut you off. You can <laughs> Yeah, I mean you know, Beth Center is certainly not the same team um, they were two years ago, but I think it'll be interesting to see how they improve. Uh, now, moving along here in our podcast, starting to wrap things up here with Peyton Trollinger. Um, we are going to do something we do on every podcast episode. Uh, we are going to ask you what your favorite meat and potatoes are before we end off here. What kind of meat do you like? How do you like it cooked? Oh, sandwich. <laughs> oh god that like threw me off so much <laughs> so wait like like how i like my steak like what do you... oh, what's god. your favorite kind of meat <laughs> okay hold on i'm sorry i had to compose myself there <laughs> um yeah i like steak steak's pretty good i like steak um in case you're i get it medium i get my steak medium uh that's one potatoes. for me, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I do mashed potatoes. I like mashed potatoes and gravy. I don't like them too lumpy, though. I don't like lumpy potatoes. So, <laughs> I wasn't, like, whenever I saw that in the script, I was like, okay, whenever you say meat and potatoes, probably just, like, you know, filler stuff. I wasn't actually expecting you to ask me <laughs> what I like. <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> It's a tradition that goes all the way back to the State College Football Podcast. We'd ask all of our guests that. And it's brought up some interesting conversations. Uh, man, offensive lineman chicken wings. It's just a match made in heaven. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, chick, chicken is god tier. I love chicken. I, I actually like chicken more than me. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> yeah, chick, so, chicken. Kind of, okay. What did you say? Uh, what's your favorite kind of chicken then? Uh, fried, fried chicken, most definitely. Nice. I I used to be a lineman as well, so I I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my heyday. <laughs> All right, so that just about wraps things up on this end. Um, as Nathan said earlier in the show, make sure to look out for those episodes that are coming out later. Um, I think we're are we still doing Jeremiah today, Nathan? Yep, we'll be recording Jeremiah after this, but uh, for you listeners, it'll be two days in the future, so uh, we'll be holding that episode for a little bit. Yeah, so keep an eye out for an interview with Jeremiah Miller, uh, talking some West Green football. And as Nathan said, um, we're going to have Isaiah Edwards, Braden Boggs, some players on the show later next week. It's going to be an exciting lineup for sure. Most definitely. Um, so if you guys want to get a hold of us, if you guys want to get a hold of us, you can email me at nickhaus 75 That's N-I-C-K-H-A-U-S 75 at gmail.com. You can also email Nathan at nathangrella at gmail.com. Um, you can find us at our Facebook page. Um, there, especially during the season, we're going to be posting highlight videos. Um, 
recap videos, hype videos, all that stuff. Some really exciting content we put a lot of effort into. So make sure to pick up the Facebook page. Um, you can find us on Twitter as well, the Backyard Football Podcast. Um, again, during the season, assuming it keeps, <laughs> assuming coronavirus doesn't shut us down. Uh, there will be live updates, highlights from the games, all that stuff as well on Twitter. And um, also make sure to check out um, PA Football News. Uh, both, as we said, Peyton and Nathan and I all work for Billy over at PA Football News. Um, it is an authoritative site on high school football in Pennsylvania. Uh, it covers the entire state. There's loads of information, loads of articles. Um, no matter which team you're a fan of, you can find some good content on PA Football News. So that's just about it for this one. Um, I'm Nick Hosselter. I'm Peyton. And we will see you on Saturday, I guess. Oh, also, real quick, excuse my impoliteness. Big thank you to Peyton Trollinger. Um, you did a fantastic job. It was a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. I was, I'm really excited I got to come on. Thank you guys for inviting me. It was, I, had a, I had a blast. Yeah, and I think um, sometime later in the season when Charlery has a big matchup, maybe against Wash High or something, we'll get you on the show again for another interview and get some more of your input because I think you oh. did a fantastic job. Oh, I would, I would gladly do that. <laughs> Not only to represent my my home team in Charlery, but as a football perspective and a reporter, definitely. Try not to be biased, but <laughs> uh, it's a struggle. It is. It, it definitely is. All right. This has been another episode of the Backyard Football Podcast, and we'll catch you guys soon. You've been listening to the Backyard Football Podcast with Nathan Grella, Nick Househalter, and Brock Owens. Backyard Football Podcast is a member of the Western PA Football Podcast Network. For more information, follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast on Castbox and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and have a great day. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.